acceptable for a small minority and that's not something we should be engaged in the project of trying to recreate in any way and also it's worth emphasizing that the post-world war ii social democracies in europe still had within them like a lot of reactionary concepts towards women especially like in the famous example of uh, west germany where uh, women's rights were still incredibly restricted uh, with regard to like her relationship with her husband all the way until the 1970s whereas like in the uh, now forgotten and buried history of the uh, german democratic republic east germany uh, legal full legal equality for men and women was there from its foundation in 1949 so and the same was true of like the relationships, uh, the legal relationship between husbands and wives in Britain up until the reforms of like the sixties and uh, immediately after that. So like again, these the 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 fantasy of this more stable, more um, apparent, uh, supposedly more fulfilling world. Again, this is uh, harking back to a reactionary utopia, something which didn't exist for the bulk of the working class and isn't something we should be basing our assumptions about get working towards going forward. And one of the one point I want to uh, emphasize, and I, 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 we're going to explore in future episodes, is this: this um, looking back through rose-tinted glasses to the immediate post-war social democratic period is something that we've really got to stop doing. Uh, this this period has to be critically examined much more than it has done. It's not a surprise that people look back to it or uh, with some some degree of fondness or some de- of with a sense that something has been lost. But that period contains a lot of contradictions that exploded that exploded it in the decades afterwards, and. We need to critically examine it, not just try and um, get, engage in fan fiction about it, which is essentially what a lot of people who are representing themselves as analysts have done. Like the whole so-called uh, sexual revolution period comes about for very real reasons, mm-hmm. which we'll go on to discuss. Yeah, and just to add to your point about the um, inaccuracy of the view of the post-World War period. Okay, so number one, a lot of the reason why women were quote-unquote not involved in the labor force in that period is because there were still significant rural populations. And so a lot of those people were like independent farmers and they were counted as being part of wage labor. Um, and also a lot of the measures of unemployment and employment stuff weren't, they weren't carefully taken for a long time. Like, um, like um, it, you know, in the U.S., like they finally got some more accurate measures in the 1930s and only officially started tracking unemployment in the 1950s. And the U.K. was only in the 1920s. So like, Looking at the and it, but just for taking this data for what it is, like you see, women's participation in the workforce much higher in countries that are already far along in capitalism versus the UK, uh, the sorry, the the US. So France, Germany, women's participation was always much higher, much more along because capitalism was more developed. So any lag you see in women's participation in labor is just in regards to the stage of development of capitalism these countries were in, and that's it. It has nothing to do with. Yes, there was a bit of a a special period after World War II where a segment of the working class made enough in wages so that their women could stay home. But that was never the the bulk of working families. Like that wasn't the reality for the for the bulk of working class families throughout the world. Um yeah, and so so like the, the calling back, harking back to this period, um, as you said, um for for the people who did, you know, um idealizing the bourgeois family, I I don't know if that's what people are doing here because bourgeois families don't 
um, function the way in which people like it's more of an ideal of the peasant family in my in my mind because bourgeois women they hire nannies they hire cleaners they hire cooks like they don't do any of that dumb shit <laughs> like they they don't want to do any of that stuff they don't want to bake pies like they want to they're bourgeois they they rule the world like they 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 they, they live a life of leisure um and and that's not really what the ideal is in in the mind of people they they think women should be staying home and doing some kind of productive task that helps uh, enable the family to run better or has like an emotional um like value to it but that's not what bourgeois women do like it that's just not the reality of what bourgeois families are like um so yes um and so to speak to your point about how like um you know the 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 realities of the post world war period led to the sexual revolution like the sexual revolution wasn't some kind of plot by middle class feminists to like get women out of the home like there was genuine discontent with um for for women who were were in the position where they were you know wealthy enough to just stay home and have kids and stuff like that and just take care of the house like they they were discontented with that uh, paradigm because um that's just not what most women have done in the history of humanity. Like women have always been an integral part, women of the productive classes that is, have always been an integral part of of providing for their society and making sure that, and, and that the, the labor was essential to the running of that society. And when productive labor left the household and went into the factory, these women found that they had nothing to do. It, that they were socially isolated, uh, wherein they wouldn't have been otherwise, since they were they would have been participating in society at large through their through um, adding to the to the uh, to the necessary labor. Now they weren't doing that anymore, and so there was tons of issues with like you know uh, like alcohol abuse and drug abuse and things like that, and that led to a reaction um, in the 1960s, partly because that mode of life was just unfulfilling and um, alienating to so many men and women, not just women um but also like the 1960s did come as you say from a um an effort to to um rid society of of bourgeois prejudices against uh, against women like you know in canada for instance women still had to obtain the uh, right to open a bank account um you know they had to obtain the right to open a bank account without their husband's signature they only got that in 1964 so my grandmother remembers when that happened um, to her. And um, it wasn't just the man-woman thing, too. Like, people forget that. It's not just, uh, like, a question of women's, quote-unquote, liberation for, for what it's worth. Like, huh, however much we can... I don't think liberal rights are just useless. Like, I think that they're useful still. And they're, the proletariat needs liberal rights to function and to um, action properly and to bring about communism. Like obtaining liberal rights was a key part in human history. And for countries that were had um, weak bourgeois revolutions like Japan, it's kept them behind to this day. The labor movement to this day is still suffering from the initial failure of the Japanese bourgeoisie to bring about a liberal rights paradigm. So they are important. They're an important stage in, 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 um, in historical development. Um, and bourgeois rights means like equality between everyone, right? The same rights for everyone, regardless of one sex. But um, it wasn't just that. Like there was also discrimination um, that pe people, even the trads that you see nowadays online and whatever, would find uh, probably unacceptable. Like probably they they benefit from such. Like for instance, um, in the United States, at late, as late as the 70s, unmarried couples had a difficult time finding a place to rent together 
due to um, social conservatism, conservatism. So for instance, like such discrimination. So, so landlords would refuse to rent to unmarried couples because they thought that their lifestyle was unacceptable. This, this seems so absurd to us nowadays. Like, can you imagine, you know, like someone refused? Well, I can, I can imagine people being very upset at uh, people living in <laughs> sin, which is what this is all about. I mean, like, but that's what, what it, they had to, um, the, the, such discrimination was only completely eliminated in California in 1975. Right. So to tell me that the sexual revolution was, I think it's t- a ton of issues. And I think in, in large parts, it was it did become a petty bourgeois movement. And it like it was I think people forget the the fact that this, this movement was only made possible by the fact that proletarian women were already kind of living the deal, the real deal, you know, living like like having full equality with with proletarian men in the factories and in 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 the workforce so that created the material basis for such movements to arise but it wasn't like like it's only a boon to the proletariat if they're they have fewer legal constraints and more rights that they can at least point to in their struggle and um 